You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast. I'm so excited to have a special guest with me here today. I have Ayan B. Hi, Ayan. How are you? Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. I'm good, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. Before we hit record, Ayan and I were speaking about weather, <laughs> um, locations where we are respectively, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit as we go through your career journey. But before we dive in, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hey everyone. My name is Ayan. I am based in the south of France. I have many titles or many hats that I wear in my everyday life. Uh, so in my nine to five, I'm a UX design manager. And on my personal side time or my personal project, I'm also building a menstrual care brand called Sorry, I'm also building a menstrual care wellness brand called A Room Care. Besides that, I was born in Somalia. I was raised in Canada and I've been living in France for about 10 years now. So I'm kind of a little bit of a bit of everywhere. But that's that's who I am. Amazing. So you do a few things and I want to start off with your journey to UX design because I'm somebody who works in tech. I haven't worked in tech my whole life. I sort of discovered this world five years ago and these roles and learning that they exist. So I'm always curious to know what that looks like for other people, right? Was it something that you knew about over time or did you find yourself kind of there? Like, what was that journey for you? Yeah, it's true. Tech or just the different roles can be very nebulous. So for me, how I got into this As I was making this path for myself, it didn't seem very classic or obvious, but looking back, it was kind of a classical path. So I studied sociology as my bachelor's degree. And after I finished my studies, I realized I didn't want to stay in academia, which was a very common path for sociology, or at least what I saw for myself at that time. So I took some time off, I traveled, and I just realized that there was a disconnect from where I was and where I wanted to be. So that got to me thinking, I started reflecting like, okay, I know where I don't want to be, but where do I want to be? And that's where I started seeing the serendipity of design kind of everywhere. And I decided Mm -hmm. to kind of follow through and see where that could take me. And I found a master's program in Paris, France in industrial design. So I threw my chance out there and I applied and I got accepted, um, which was really awesome. It was kind of the first time where I dedicated myself to a mission and saying, this is what I want and this is what I'll get. So I took a year off to focus on that journey. And it was really rewarding, of course, to receive that letter saying, you've been accepted. We'll see you in September. Mm. So I moved to Paris, which was familiar and unfamiliar at the same time. I have, thankfully, my grandmother who lives there. So she kind of helped me adjusting to living in this huge city. 
but it was unfamiliar because I never really lived in like a huge big city like that before. And it was a completely new culture, even though I had visited many times. It's different to be a tourist and then to live somewhere. Mm. So there I was doing industrial design and I realized that creating physical, tangible products wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And again, I found myself in a disconnect between where I was and where I wanted to be. So I went back to my drawing board and saying, okay, where do you want to be? And at that time, I decided to take an internship because I had started to see UX and I didn't know what UX was. So I'm always intrigued by things I don't know. Like I want to lean towards that to understand it. So I got that internship and that's where I started to see a bridge between my sociology. So the research aspect or just observational skills that I had obtained in my bachelor's mm. and the design skills that I was learning in product design in UX, kind of taking those ideas that I observe and formalizing them as products and services. So that was really rewarding because I was like, oh, okay, finally, I'm on the right path. And that internship became a full-time job once I became a full-time job, which then led me to just really following throughout the, my career in UX today. So it's been about eight years. And as I said earlier, when I was in it, I felt completely lost at times, disconnected from, didn't know where I was going to be mm. taken. But now I look back and it seems very organic or natural, the journey that I took to get here. Yeah. What was, I guess, how did you navigate those moments kind of in the middle where it felt a little bit, I don't know, messy is the word that comes to mind or a little bit in the middle of open space? <laughs> Yeah, it was hard. I have to be honest with you. It was really hard. There was moments where I was wondering if I should continue my studies, if I should have changed different paths. But I think a strength and a weakness is I'm kind of very um, stubborn. If I set my mind to something, I have to finish it to the end, even if it gets the best of me at times. Mm. So I just continued. Thankfully, I had support from my family and who, you know, I would just call when I was really down. But I think those low moments have been really great because today I know that I can overcome a lot of challenges that I've been, I, I, I have been faced with. I'm able to see that I was able to overcome them and that in the future I will overcome whatever comes my way as well. So it wasn't easy though, but you know, I'm grateful that I was able to continue and I had to, in certain aspects I had to fight just to continue yeah. to go strong because I was being told you're not a designer, blah, 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 at the same time in my studies. Mm. So one lesson I learned from that, and I hope maybe anybody else who's listening is in a situation is don't let others define who you are because they don't know your why. They don't know what you're fighting for or struggling for. And that's that was a good lesson for me. Yeah, that's a, definitely a powerful lesson. And, and it is true, right? As soon as you said that, it reminded me of um, the iceberg model of culture right we see what we see above the surface but you don't know you don't know what is genuinely driving that person underneath that iceberg and, and um the iceberg model of culture is ultimately telling us that 10 percent 10 percent is all that lies above the surface so that massive iceberg that we see is only just a small fragment of it and the rest lies underneath so your beliefs your drivers your why all of that lives under there. So it's really, really important not to cast judgment, um, but also to understand that there's more to the story um, in terms of how we like deal with each other. But that must have been 
that just must have been so tough like i i am of a similar belief where like I, the worst thing that you could do to me is tell me what i can and can't do because <laughs> i won't and it won't even be like a vengeance thing it would just be a thing where i'm just like why is this even relevant i didn't actually ask you and sometimes um, it drives you even more you're like oh really you think that okay <laughs> let's this go this is it it's exactly that and for some people for some people let's be real here it comes from a place of malicious intent but for other people it comes from a space of being boxed in right when i think about maybe family members that freaked out every time I was like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing I want to change industry I want to change career I want a new job they're like but you're safe you're getting paid right and I was just like yeah mm -hmm. nah but I'm also having anxiety attacks and being bullied so no um you know so it's also that thing of like being bound by what others believe is possible for your life as opposed to being expanded by what you believe is possible for your life and for your path and ultimately we're the experts on ourselves like you know you better than anyone. You know what it felt like being in the middle of that course, what it meant like being in those conversations, different environments, like you have that experience that you carry with you and that resilience that you've built. So only you can really dictate what that future looks like. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a moment of perseverance. And now I'm, I'm good. I'm happy that I got to go yeah. overcome that. And there was like this one really rewarding experience where I had to defend my, my thesis. And one of the people who was a bit, they didn't really understand what my why was. They came up mm. to me after and were like, wow, okay, I'm proud of you. Like, we get it now. Mm. I didn't need that validation, but it was just a nice cherry on top. Yeah. And I think it's, it goes to show that just simply by living our lives in the ways that we want to, like in a very empowered way, we're, we're leaving that impact on other people right those people are able to kind of think of you and think you know what look how wrong I was there and I'm glad I was wrong or I'm glad that she showed me or challenged me or showed me a new sort of perspective I think that's so 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 important I I want to like dive in a little bit to everything that in a sense like hearing your journey sounds like you going full circle and designing your own products <laughs> Like, how did you come to that space of a room care? Like, where did that even come from? What was the aha moment? Yeah, it's funny, right? I went to digital. Yeah. Now I have a personal project where I'm going into the physical. But um, it began also as a personal journey of my own. So, hmm. you know, I'm not alone, but there's a lot of people who suffer from either anxiety or depression or be it the physical pain that we have as menstruators. And hmm. that's something that I struggled with for many years alone, thinking I was alone actually. And uh, I, I went, the actual story that drove me to say, what can I do was I was sitting in my gynecologist's office and I was asking her if, she, you know, kind of to find a natural solution to relieve pretty much the depression and anxiety that I would feel every month before my period arrived. This wasn't the first time I've discussed this with a doctor and not the first time I discussed it with her. Mm. And um, she previously put me on the birth control pill for as a, as a way to kind of manage my periods. And it didn't work. I felt like it made me, it made me even worse. So I went back to her office and I said, hey, um, do you have any other solutions? She's like, let's try the birth control pill again. We'll just change the dosage of estrogen. It'll be a bit lighter, hopefully better for you. Yeah. And this time I was like, wait, maybe I'll ask a simple question. And I asked her, what are the side effects? 
And she looked me dead in the face and said, there are no side effects. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, this is A, not realistic. Like, if you drink too much water, there is physical side effects. There's a side effect. (laughs) You know? And water is like pretty much the most natural thing for my body. So how can, who invented this magical pill that has no side effects? So I took the prescription. I walked out and I threw it in the garbage and said, okay, this is now your own journey. You have to find Mm. natural solutions to help you. So I kind of took my design practice and I began to do research to figure out what existed in the natural space. And I did something that for some reason, I come from a family of four girls, but we never really talked about our periods together. And I started just opening up the conversation with other people saying, you know, how do you deal? What's what's your situation? A lot of people uh, felt like A, they couldn't talk to others. A lot of people felt that their pain was their own burden. And then I opened up to a larger aspect and sent out a survey to like about 115 people. I think in the end I got responses from. And that started building up this idea for me of like, okay, there's something that needs to be done. And there's so many tools out there today to help. So I found a solution for myself and that's the menstrual massage oil that I use to relieve my pain. And I tested it again. Once again, I'm always being a designer. I'm applying (laughs) my career. I tested it. I got some great feedback. And then that was like, okay, let's, let's see what this can do. And that's how a room care came to life. Wow. Amazing. I love that. It's just, even as we're talking and you're going through that journey, it's just screaming solution oriented, like solutions, curiosities. Absolutely. Um, about your own experience, but also the experience of others, right? Because hearing that, you know, there are no side effects, you knowing different, there's also a a small voice in me that's like, but some, there's a menstruator somewhere who is believing this. And then going down another pathway of thinking there's something wrong with her, why there are no side effects and she's having a ton. Oh, it's true, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I think the connection between design and what I'm doing is it's just creative problem solving. It's just in different forms. Mm. And so, yeah, and I think it's really exciting. Hopefully that a problem that I had to face could help somebody else in their future by having a natural solution to relieve their pain. So that's the goal. Yeah, awesome. And how long have you been working on Arum Care? Yeah, Jazz, it's been a while. (laughs) It's been longer than I expected, but it's uh, perseverance and patience. So I got the idea initially about two years ago, and then I started Mm -hmm. kind of playing around with it, doing my own experiments. I felt like a mad scientist in my apartment, testing out different essential oils. And so that's been about, yeah, two years now, and I hope to commercialize and put on the market by the end of the summer. So two years and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's okay. I think, you know, we live in a really like um, fast, fast society. So mm. at times it's frustrating. Like, why is it taking me so long? It should be out there, but it's okay. I'm taking, I'm trying to be also very conscious of the product. So it's all organic mm-hmm. and it's all low environmental impact. So I'm sourcing from France as well as Switzerland for my products. And so, yeah, I just, you know, it took me some time to curate to make sure that I was able to provide a product that is of quality. 
This podcast is brought to you by Just Jazz Private Coaching, the six-month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique and limitless careers free from overwhelm and underwhelm. With challenging and curious coaching, we get knee-deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching where we will map out the what and how of working together. What have you learned about yourself on this journey? And, you know, not just with bringing this product to market, um, as we say inside tech, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but just your career on a whole. What what have you been learning about yourself? So much. I think entrepreneurship, you're kind of faced with yourself and what's blocking you from advancing your own company. So that could be I had I'm learning to overcome my relationship with money which, you know, I think you have to face as an entrepreneur because you're going to be talking to people. If you're hiring them for their services, you have to discuss money and bargain, not bargain, but negotiate Mm. so that you can get a fair price. Also with your products, I'm learning to be more confident with myself. And I'm learning that, you know, my vision is possible of achieving what I want to do and to bring this into the world, it is possible. So I think entrepreneurship, I like to joke that it's, it comes with like a free psychology course, you know, <laughs> it really does. Cause you're just faced with like, you have one challenge, you have to overcome it. And then you have another challenge. And then maybe you think this is the end or even, you know, so it's these constant highs and lows that we don't really talk about too much. We talk about like, you know, how much their exit was or, you know, mm. how, all the all the great moments but there's not too much showcasing the the lows and it's kind of similar to what you're saying for that menstruator who thinks that they're going through this alone Mm. you know we think like oh maybe I'm just not that good maybe I'm 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 the one who's having problems so I think it's also very important it's allowed me to meet a lot of people as well and to surround myself with others who are also taking this courageous journey I 100% agree with that. One of the things that I started at the beginning of this year is each month to just meet for lunch or breakfast or brunch on a Friday with some of what I call my my business friends and, and introduce them to one another because I think especially with everything sort of post-COVID, the remote working situation feels even more remote. And what we celebrated before we realised is kind of almost a cage of our own making so actually meeting up and people going oh my gosh this is the first time I've been out to eat like this month I've kind of just been at home or it's a client meeting and then I go back because I've got a zoom or you know that sort of thing and being able to kind of break that pattern and have that space where we're able to kind of just talk openly about the realities of it right talk openly and say like my business is not making any money any ideas guys like (laughs) things like that and then also a space for humanity um you know the last time we met up this this group of friends we ended up talking about what because we realized that none of us in the room actually had children (laughs) so we were talking about like am I a bad person because I'm thinking about what impact having a child would have on my ambition and like if it turbocharges it will I have the time and space to like make it worthwhile? Will I pick up unhealthy habits? Like, where does my self-care go? Um, Like, 
can I then stay up or like if I'm doing an all nighter to take care of a small human? Can I do an all nighter to like bring something to life? Like all of those things in a just a candid, safe space where it isn't performative. Like it isn't, there is no, aside from me just sharing that, there is literally no online evidence of us having these conversations or confessing that we're, you know, we're, we're a little bit tired or we're drained or, you know, we've got some goals that are just feeling a little bit heavy this week, particularly. Absolutely. Um, just almost to take off, take off the armor, right? Because when you show up to a space, be it digital or in person as an entrepreneur, people play word association. <gasps> so brave, so bold. You must be completely risk, like, you know, comfortable with risk and your money, like, you know, going back to what you said, your money mindset must be like amazing. And you must be able to like, I don't know, there's just lots of assumptions that come along with it mm -hmm. that mean you spend your time kind of doing not only PR for, for what your actual business is, but for like, this is a life, like, this is my brand of entrepreneurship. And yeah, I work remote or no, I've got an office space or yes, um, I don't work on it every single day of the week. Um, that can feel a little bit exhausting, for which sure. makes it all the more important to have those people in your network, have those communities to take off the shield. And most importantly, knowing that you're not alone in what you're going mm. through and the others also could be thinking of the same thing or have gone through the same journey and can support you and be like, I got, I got through it, You'll t you will do the same too. I think it's really important to have a network and be it digital or physical even better because mm. that lets us step away from the screen. I know I spend too much time in front of my screen bill in my company or just for my work. So anytime that I, before meeting you, I had to do some errands. I was like, oh yes, I won't have a screen in front of me. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I sometimes message someone as like, this meeting, do I need to have a screen? Can we walk and talk? Oh, yeah. And you'd be so surprised at how many people just love just that invitation. There's so many times I've got a few folks that I work with that have dogs and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah get them ready our 30 great. minute you know talk our one-to-one -one. let's go for a walk so like let's bring Fido he might have some ideas this is it this is it because otherwise you don't you don't realize it the sun sets on another day and you realize that you have been at the desk like you've gotten up to maybe grab something for lunch but still at the desk having your lunch break at the desk and mm -hmm. all of those things like building in those habits um, but one of the things that I wanted to touch on, um, and this is something that I absolutely love and believe in because I think I mentioned it on the podcast bef before. This is my second podcast. My first podcast was designed to encourage just ordinary folks to share their stories and their journeys and their wisdom, much like we're doing today. Um, because I realized that there's so much that we have that we we kind of take it for granted. We take for granted that what we went through last week, somebody else is going through this week. And by us sharing the insight and the wisdom and not in a, here's the rule book, you should do it my way, but in a, hey, this is what I learned. This is what I tried. This is who I spoke to. This is what I read. Um, so that in some ways our experiences aren't in vain, but also we're able to connect in that generous way of sharing each other's wisdom. Um, and your co-host of a podcast that has you know, a mission to really lift the veil 
Um, and I'm using your own words and I love your, your words because it comes with, <laughs> oh, love a metaphor, <laughs> love an absolute metaphor, but on user experience design, because again, before we hit record on this, I was like, yeah, UX, like no clue what that was before entering the, the, the tech bubble, the digital bubble that um, we both exist in. So tell me a little bit about that podcast and what inspired you to start it? I was my manager messaged me one day say hey do you want to do a podcast and i was like uh <laughs> i'm not ready for this <laughs> so it was at the beginning of covid usually my company would do an annual ux conference and of course that mm -hmm. was put to halt because nobody was traveling nobody really knew what tomorrow would bring so my my manager had the idea of pivoting and doing a podcast so it was myself and another colleague evan who's now left the company to work elsewhere but it was really exciting. I think that's also going back to your previous question of what I've learned. It's taught me so much. Before, I was always a bit timid to talk about UX because as you're saying, it could, it's it's also super nebulous. Like, what is UX? Ooh, <laughs> UX. So I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to talk about it even though I study design and I, I love design, but I just always felt uncomfortable speaking about how I felt about UX. Mm. So that was a great challenge. It's pushed me out of my comfort zone to take a position because as it's very nebulous, it could be everything and anything. And I think that for people who are trying to find their path to come into UX, it could be very difficult because you have people who might not be UX designers who are giving their 10 cents. And so I just thought, you know what, why not throw my voice in this path? Why not throw, you know, like why not provide my opinion? <laughs> So we're on our second season. Uh, my co-host has left. So for right now, I'll be just taking the journey alone until we find other ideas, or maybe I'll just be alone for, for the moment. But it's been really great. Also connecting with other designers, hearing mm -hmm. their stories. I think that's also so cool is talking to other UX designers, be like, how did you get here? You know, and they tell you like, oh, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, connected the dots <laughs> too. And so, yeah, it's been a really great journey. And um, I'm very grateful that I was selected to take that opportunity yeah definitely wow just a message and then it opens up a whole new world and one thing that I found really interesting and it's something that I often reflect on as a reason why I quite enjoy podcasts I'm an avid listener as well as being a host is that it allows us to realize that we don't have to be an absolute expert or whatever our vision of an expert is to contribute, to join the conversation, to start the conversations. There is, I think it reduces an element of perfectionism that probably comes with, or not even probably, I'm gonna speak from my own experience, that comes with delivering a keynote or a workshop or even like posting a piece of content, right? And saying, here's what I thought about this, uh, you know, this piece of work, this project, this portfolio, this current event or whatever it is, it allows us all to have a voice um in that sense but it also creates space for you to own your expertise and for to sure. actually share like this is this is this started off as my opinion and i've proven it in x y and z projects or over the last number of years that like this is this is the hill i'm gonna die on this is my theory this is my you know <laughs> this no, is what sure. i've proven it democratizes the voices that we can hear actually right you just need yeah a bit of time, a bit of dedication, and just put your voice out there and talk about topics and hopefully help others on their journey to figuring out what they want to do. 
So yeah, I, I love podcasts. I think it's great. You put one on, you can just do some work, clean up your house mm. and learn and hear other people's stories. Yeah, and it comes back to that, realizing that you're not alone. There's nothing like listening to a podcast and nodding your hair, head um, vigorously because you're just like, exactly, that's what <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I'm glad somebody said it. Finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, um, and it's just so, so, so important um, to have those spaces of of connection, having those conversations that you can resonate with and feel seen and heard and relate or even be challenged by as well. One of the pathways that I have now just opened in my own mind is the whole idea of expertise. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, as another multi-passionate person, like what do you see as your areas of expertise or your areas of skill? Yeah, to connect them all, I would say it's creative problem solving. I love to get a mm. problem and be like, okay, let's break this down. Let's find a solution. It could be, it could be in everything, actually. I, I, it could be helping a friend get out of like, you know, a hard moment. It could be figuring out like what we should do next in my couple, you know, investing. It, it could be mm -hmm. everything, really. I think creative problem-solving skills are so transferable. And I'm confident in my skill set in that. So, and that applies mm -hmm. into design. It applies into creating your own company. It, it applies also into creating a podcast. And so, yeah, I think that's what top of my head is creative problem solving skills. How about you? What's your expertise? Yeah, Connecting, connecting others, connecting people to themselves. Mm, that's, that's I'd one. say that that's the thread between Jazz the community manager and Jazz the career coach, Jazz the podcaster, Jazz the sister. I think that's the, I think that's the beauty about encapsulating it in that way is that you start to realize all the areas of your life holistically that that shows up or that brings you joy, right? Because even uh, the listeners can't see us. <laughs> but when you said creative problem solving, like your your mind, I could see just went to places of, yeah, this is that's it for me. Like, that's what I show up to the party with. And, and there's a lot of problems in the yeah. world. So I, I got work to do. But um, definitely, I think it kind of also connects us with our purpose. It's kind of that little that little inkling that we have inside of us that allows us to show our gifts to the world. Yeah, definitely. And would you describe yourself as being pretty purpose driven? For sure. Even like, yeah, for example, building a company or even in my studies, as you asked earlier, I knew that there was a purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't necessarily know what, what it was. <laughs> Or, you know, the analogy that you gave of the iceberg, sometimes I didn't see what was under. And, but I knew that I had to push myself further to figure out that purpose. And I, I still am, even to this day. I don't fully understand. I, feel, I don't fully know what is my purpose, mm. but I'm working towards that. But I do think it's important to know your why. Mm and what you're, why are you doing something? Because when you have those hard moments, that will be the, the way to get you back up. I 100% agree. And I think it's, it's important for us to understand that they can be different. They can be different. There's a lot in the personal development space, the entrepreneurship space, where we're getting into that space where we're pressuring folks to figure it all out instantly when some of it is a little bit more of a journey, it is very much an unveiling or a discovery. Um, and some of it is the part that stays stays with you. 
which I believe is your why. Your why kind mm -hmm. of stays with you, even if I, even if the language around it changes slightly as I as I grow, as I grow older in my years. Wiser <laughs> with time. Yeah, it's all of that. But when I go back to the core, it's still driving me just like it did when I was maybe 13, 14, 18, right? You can go back to those those snapshots in your life and see where that why was the thing that pulled you through or was the thing that inspired you beyond your fears. Mm -hmm to like make decisions. Um, decisions is definitely something that I look at with clients where if a decision is made and it's not anchored, it's not anchored to something like your why, oof, that decision comes with a bunch of self-doubt or that decision gets unraveled or just it's just a number of other things that kind of get invited along to the party when that isn't anchored when the things that we do with our time and our energy and our emotions isn't necessarily anchored it can feel vulnerable and not that vulnerability is a bad thing you just feel a little bit open yeah for sure <laughs> and it could perhaps then teach us or guide us towards that why as a lesson if we don't have that anchor at that moment yeah Definitely. The why can be reverse engineered, folks. If you're listening to us for the past five minutes and you're like, I don't know what my why is. I don't know where to start. Uh, you can look at the motivations for some of the decisions that you've made in, in, in life. Or also, I would say the gut feelings. That can be a huge thing, right? How do you feel in certain environments um, when certain things are expressed, when you hear of certain pieces of news even, right? What kind of offends you and what inspires you? That can often be a bit of a clue as to what you what you value and then in turn what you hold dear as your why. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. It reminds me of this really uh, very inspiring quote that I read once or a proverb actually. It's a Japanese proverb. Mm -hmm. And it says, uh, fall down seven times, get up eight. And I think that's the why that, you know, mm. that's the part that gets you back up each time. Yeah. I love that. Ah, love a good proverb. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I feel like we've spoken about so many great things here today. I'm, I'm so appreciative of you opening up your journey with us. Where can folks follow your journey, connect with you online, offline, everything in between? Yeah, so as you said, I'm a multi-passionate person, so that means there's multiple avenues of connection. Uh, for a room care, I invite you to check out the website, www.aroom.care. Check out the project, the product, and join our newsletter. You can also find our social media connections there as well, so Instagram and TikTok. So again, it's aroom.care. For the podcast, you can check out Ascend UX podcast. And we're all on all the mediums that you can listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can just Google us and you'll find our website for that. And in regards to my professional aspects as a UX designer, you can just check me out on LinkedIn if you want to connect, if you have any questions regarding UX, or if you want to share your journey as well. I'm definitely Ayan Bihi, A-Y-A-N space B-I-H-I. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ayan. This has been a lovely, lovely conversation. So grateful for you sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, Jazz. I really appreciated the time to share my story and I hope it can inspire others on theirs, on their journey. 
What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high-achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.